0: Welcome to today's Dating Test Labs podcast. Each Tuesday, we bring you our best tested and proven methods for flirting, connecting and finding that perfect partner. Dating coach Jonathan Green has sold over 100,000 copies of his dating books for men and women. Matt Cook has helped over 37,000 men build their confidence and performance with women. And here they are, Matt and Jonathan. What's the big deal about Uh, the friend zone are we talking about why people are in it and they have someone they really like and they wonder how to move that relationship without risking a friendship and all of that right so we're talking about escaping the friend zone which is probably one of the questions that we get the most here at dating test labs how do i escape the friend zone why are people in the friend zone
1: i think it's really important to understand how you start out there and understand kind of what causes that and that will kind of help you figure out how to get out of it so the friend zone is basically you are sexually attracted to your friend but they want to keep it in the platonic in the friend zone and keep the sexual element out and they say all these things like oh i only see you as a friend or i don't want to risk the friendship because you've given them so much friendship value they think oh we could go on one date but if it doesn't work out if there's no chemistry then i lose all this amazing friendship so really what's happened is you've given them comfort and friendship value before you've given them attraction or sexual partner value. So a lot of guys, and this has happened to me, you know, I've spent years in the friend zone with women a lot when I was younger and really been stuck there. And one of the things that I learned is that you can be stuck there and think you're going to get out, but if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you'll never escape. You keep thinking, oh, I just need to do one more gesture. I just need to make one more big move. And that's kind of the standard friend zone strategy, like waiting for your moment. And the truth is, people feel attraction in a moment, in a few seconds. It doesn't take two years to become attracted to someone. We kind of see all these romantic comedy movies and all these kind of stories from Hollywood that say the girl will suddenly realize what was right in front of her face all along. And that's when she'll fall in love, right? She'll suddenly see what she's been missing this whole time. And that's not reality. So few relationships start that way. Everybody kind of knows one story of a pair of people that started out as friends first. But how many stories do we know of people that started out as friends and stayed as friends no matter what happened? Way more. It's way more common. It's very difficult. And what happens is when you first meet someone, you're so attracted, you start thinking, OK, my strategy is to be friends first. This really happens, you know, when you meet people through a social circle or people in college in the dorms, all these kind of situations, and your thought and your tactic is to be a great guy. If you demonstrate how you're a great boyfriend first, then she'll realize that I want to be your boyfriend. And I know I'm talking more for guys than, to girl, than girls, but it works the same in both directions. If you, if you kind of act like a great boyfriend or a great girlfriend first, you're basically giving them everything for free. What happens when you're stuck in the friend zone? as a guy, right? You take her out for drives, you pay for dinner, you take her and her friends out when they're drinking, you're the designated driver. You do all of these things that a boyfriend would do, and basically she's getting them for free. She's getting them without having to give you any of the girlfriend behavior that you actually want. As soon as you start giving someone something for free, why would they want to then pay for it? If someone walked up to me and gave me a car, and then a year later goes, hey, do you want to pay for that car? I'm going to say, well, you gave it to me for free. Why would I go back to before. Why would I change? I already have a good thing going. So that's why if you start out understanding that it's better to be super honest at the beginning of a relationship, it's so much easier. Breaking out of the friend zone is possible. We're going to dig into that. But first I want you to kind of understand that's what happened. And it's the same thing as a girl. You know, when a girl's in the friend zone with a guy, she's attracted to them and she ends up doing him favors or helping him with stuff and kind of, you know, providing the girlfriend behavior. Maybe it's you're the shoulder to cry on when he goes through a bad breakup. That's a really common place to be, and you think that that will give you the opportunity. And all of these things, um, we're given them without get, uh, getting what we want, so we end up in an unequal relationship. And, of course, then it turns into bitterness, and you're upset, and it really it never naturally breaks out. So what you want to do is start off at the beginning of any relationship, just be honest. It all starts out because the first thing you did to this person was lie to them and pretend or say that you weren't attracted to them. If you just say, hey, look, I want to be friends with you, but I'm going to tell you right up front, I'm sexually attracted to you. So every time we hang out and every time we're getting drunk, I'm going to put the moves on you. You have the right to say no. You always have the right to say no, I'm not interested, but I'm always going to be honest about my feelings. I can't be the kind of person that's dishonest about their feelings. And that honesty is very attractive. And if someone was kind of on the fence about you, that'll push them over just by they'll be like, that's fair. You know, they have you say, hey, you have the right to be honest about your feelings, but I'm never going to lie to you about my feelings. I don't want to have a I I just
0: love that approach, man. I love that approach. Let, well, let's go back to some things that, you know, you said is this really gold, man. Uh, so the first thing is, you said uh, they're getting all the benefits without the, you know, the other side of things. And so in a sense, the better a friend you are, the strategy of being a good friend first, the more risk she's taking and and moving it away from that. And so the less she wants to do that, right? In a way, you're messing up your chances by being nice and being more of a
1: friend. Right, it's like quicksand. The nicer you are, the deeper you get stuck. And that's the irony of it because you think you're doing the right thing. And the problem is you've been taught to do it that way. You watch these movies, right? And the guy does these big gestures and then the girl eventually falls in love once the gesture is big enough, once the friendship is strong enough. Because you always hear, oh, you should be friends first. But you only hear that in movies. You rarely hear that in real life. And so understanding that is really important. And it's like, once you understand, hey, what I've been doing is actually making things worse, that opens the opportunity to change your behavior and do something that actually will work. And that's what's really great about starting to understand. Yeah,
0: so you really have to be uh, willing to risk and, and lose something, and that's the issue right one thing is it's like a loss what if you're working with somebody you're working with her and you don't want to kind of have that real awkward thing between you
1: well one the other thing about the friend zone is the longer you spend developing this friendship the harder it is for you to want to make a move too because now you're afraid of losing this great friendship that you're kind of part of and that you really enjoy as well so you're kind of making it harder for yourself and harder for them so that when you come out and say look I want to either date you or I got to move away because you're keeping me from having a relationship with someone else because of my feelings for you. That feeling, that moment is kind of what uh, is very challenging for people to break through the longer they wait. So the dishonesty that starts at the beginning. And yeah, with work people, it's more um, challenging. I personally always say don't date people from work because it's so high risk. Right. But, you know, and the, but the truth is, most people, that's where they meet other people. That's where that's you they encounter. meet people. When so you're out
0: of college, you, know, you don't have a lot of other places sometimes where you yeah. just end up. Yeah.
1: So that's where you encounter the most people. So, you know, even though I say that, I understand that it happens. And what you have to do is just really, it's a tough line because of all the sexual harassment rules and laws. And you have to make sure that you don't make someone feel uncomfortable or cross a line. And that's the challenge. So if you, you know, because if you say to someone, hey, I'm going to work with you, but I'm always going to think of you in a sexual way at work, <laughs> right? That's not it may okay. Not be. Right. So suddenly it's not okay because <laughs> of that environment. So we have to take a slightly different approach. I think there it's just you just have to focus on building attraction rather than you can't be as overt. You can't take a straight shot across the river and say, hey, look, I'm interested in you. This is what's, how it's going to be. You want to be more uh, clear about your position you know, you kind of people love that story. If you ever watch that TV show The Office, right, those two people work together and they finally end up married and everyone's like, that's so amazing. But if you pay attention, it took six seasons. That's six years before two people on TV who work together were able to cross the bridge and kind of be honest, you know, because if you try and kiss the, the girl from work at the Christmas party and she's not into it. Well, now you've got a whole work problem. So I find it, it's hard I to think, take it all back.
0: You know, it's hard to undo something like, oh, oh, really? He thinks of me that way. Wow. You know, it's hard to undo that. That's yeah, why it's such a big deal.
1: The best thing to do is just be upfront early on and be like, look, I think you have a really cool energy. Um, I'd love to be friends with you, but I also think it's possible that other types of feelings could develop. And I'd rather be honest with you right when we meet rather than leave it down the line. If you're just honest and kind of make it non-confrontational, non-pressure wise, Be like, look, I'm not going to be creepy at work. It's not an obsession because we just met, but I think you deserve to know that um, I think we could be really cool friends and possibly something more, and that's just where my head's at. I think if you just keep it really honest and really low-key, then you don't put yourself into, like, a dangerous position. And by establishing Mm -hmm. it early on, then the person can say, look, I appreciate that, but I have no interest in you. I would never date you. Here's why. I never date anyone from work no matter what, or – um, I'm not attracted to you, or I'm gay, or this, or that, or I'm married, or I have a boyfriend, and that's the thing. It gives them a chance to do it before you've made a hard move by saying, "Hey, I see. I think we could be great friends, but I also think something more might happen." And By putting that on the table, if they if they reject it before you ever develop the feelings, or they kind of say, "Yeah, I'm open to that. Maybe we, maybe something cool could happen," then you're golden, and you've done it. Yeah, before so something of you risk more might happen.
0: That's a really good one. Something more might happen. Hmm. Yeah. So you're opening that up, but of course the upfront part of this is difficult because a lot of times it's too late for that. So, yeah.
1: so I just want people to know how to avoid getting stuck in there again, because that's really helpful. I can tell you, cause I've been stuck in, in brutal ways where I went through, a, you know, you've heard my stories and kind of the stuff I went through on a personal level. So I've been stuck in the friend zone for more than a year where just, I was trying everything. I didn't know that pain. And so once I understood how to avoid it. I never got in it again. And I can tell you all these things I'm telling you about, you know, when I went back to school and got my master's and there were girls in my class who I knew I was going to see every week, all week that I was attracted to. That's exactly what I said to them. I said, look, I'm happy to be friends with you. I think you're really cool. But every time we go out and drink as a class or hang out together, I'm going to try and sleep with you because I'm attracted to you. And I'm not going to lie to you and deny that I'm honest about myself. And the girl said, I really appreciate your honesty, but there's no way Um, I would date someone because it's such a small class that I'm in class with. But as soon as we graduate, we're going straight to bed together. So Mm -hmm. I was surprised by that, an answer that overt, but, you know, that's exactly what happened by being honest. People really respect Mm -hmm. honesty, especially early on, because basically the longer you wait to be honest, the harder it is for both of you. You know, you risk losing the person you have feelings for, and they risk losing the person they've become friends with, because basically they become friends with a lie. They thought the whole time that they're friends with someone who just wants to be friends with them and to kind of find out that the whole time you were kind of like an undercover agent. That's what it really is. You're basically
0: dishonesty is the heart of the friend zone. And I hate to say this to, to everyone listening. It's it's the heart of it is being dishonest. So it could be a—it's a habit we've developed to hide our feelings and Mm -hmm. sort of be a little bit dishonest. It's not like you know lying to somebody in order to cheat them out of money or something. But a lot of it's
1: lying to yourself, like kind of yeah. I because I went through a lot of things where I was like, am I attracted to this girl or am I just friends? You know, you know, and that kind of caught in those things and kind of having trouble connecting with your feelings can cause it as well. But it's the thing is, it's not malicious. But once you kind of realize you have feelings, the longer you wait. Uh, the worse it gets, it's kind of like in any relationship, you know, um, I one time as a joke, told a girl I was lactose intolerant and she didn't realize I was joking. So I couldn't have milk or ice cream in front of her for like eight months. You have a strange sense
0: of humor. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I made a poor, <laughs> I made what I call a poor decision. This was a long time ago, It was like 10 years ago. Yeah. But then you're locked yeah. in. The longer you wait. OK, the worse it is when they find out, because then it's like you haven't told me for eight months. You know, finally I just I figured out the easiest thing to do is to just remove her from my life, subbing friends. Like So um, yeah, it's sort of like so
0: so You were kind of a little bit dishonest at the beginning because you didn't make, I'm not talking about you in that situation, but the friend zone. You didn't make your intentions or your interests plain. And then it becomes more and more of sort of a lie a little bit, you know. And so we have, you know, guys fantasize about her and thinks about her all the time and everything at an extreme. It's really, really difficult because she has no idea. She has just no idea.
1: And what happens is you start to develop feelings for a person who doesn't really exist. You're kind of developing feelings for your ideal characterization of how she would act if you were dating. So a lot of it is kind of um, the more time you spend around someone imagining dating them but not really, the kind of further the disconnect between reality is and your fantasy. And that kind of is what happens. So sometimes when people do actually escape their friends and they go on a date with the person, they go, what was I thinking this whole time? I'm not actually that into them. Which,
0: because they built up this whole fantasy about her, and it wasn't mm-hmm. really her at all, right? It was just i like you said, an idealized fantasy about her, so yeah. uh yeah and and, and that <laughs> it's a real bummer when that happens.
1: yeah, that's <laughs> happened is- to me too i wish I wish <laughs> more of my stories weren't based on personal experience, you know, but I've been down that road where you kind of develop feelings where that's really um like a high school style crush, right. You develop feelings. But I I
0: tell you, man, it happens with people who are 70 years old, just as much. It's so common. It's just, it's so common with every age group, Jonathan. It's, I've, I've heard it many times. I know a woman who was telling me about this. She was a college professor and she's like, has this world with some of her students once in a while and she can never do anything about it because she doesn't feel as ethical. So she builds up this whole fantasy idea and, and really wants them in her mind. And it's like, uh, but she can't ever consummate or do anything with it anyway.
1: Yeah. So you end up like stuck in this kind of place and it's kind of, and that's the whole thing. There's just so many downsides that we don't see because we kind of, are caught up in our emotions and when we're emotionally driven you know we don't make rational decisions that's why we're in our emotions and that's okay you know it's not bad to be emotional but it's just the more we understand how we're feeling and realize that as soon as you realize that hey the easiest thing to do is just be honest right up front because the reason we don't say anything right up front is because we're trying to avoid a small amount of social awkwardness what we forget is that the longer we wait the bigger it grows it's kind of like if i just said to that the reason i didn't tell that girl that I was joking about being lactose intolerant was because I didn't want to make her feel like a bit of a dummy for not realizing it was a joke. I didn't want to make her feel a little bit bad. Right. But if she, when she right. if she'd found out like a month later, she would have felt 50 times worse and been a lot more upset. So we think we're sparing someone's feelings, but actually we're creating a scenario where they're more likely to be hurt and the hurt will be bigger. The longer you wait to kind of be honest, and that's why I'm just a big advocate of saying stuff up front. Because the positives always outweigh, you know, the small negative, the worst thing that can happen is someone reject you. But I'd rather be rejected by someone after 20 minutes than after investing like six months of emotions and thoughts. And, you know, sitting at home writing, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jonathan Green or something like that in my notebook over and over again. Any of those things that we do when we have a big crush or like tearing off leaps uh, or flowers. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. And yes, those are both things that I've done. So uh, kind of just the best strategy, step one, is to really go, I'm not going to do this again, you know, before we dig into breaking out of the friend zone. And we are going to talk about that. But first, I kind of want to make sure that I never, you never have to do it again. It's kind of like I want to teach you how to avoid going to prison before I teach you how to break out.
0: Yeah, that's a good analogy, actually. Well, <laughs> the, the um, so so fear of loss and fear of rejection is like the start of this whole thing It fear of social awkwardness and because we're not in the habit of really being honest. And if we can start developing that habit of being really honest up front, we mm-hmm. can have amazing things happen in our lives. And I recommend this. I recommend that you start really practicing this because when you practice, you get better at it. And what I mean by practicing it is blurting out with I a woman and not, um, thinking about it not staying in your head you might think that you're going to be saying a lot of stupid things and maybe you will but most of it will be forgotten and then there's this charm this kind of wonderful irresistible boy little boy charm that you can have when you just blurt stuff out and you're honest that women find amazingly attractive and you get better and better at it and you feel much better about your relationships and about everything when you're like this and you won't be in the friend zone with people at the beginning at all because you're just being honest and it's a wonderful way to live
1: Yeah, for most guys, think of the friend zone or being friends with the girl as we're not dating yet. But the woman usually thinks, oh, we're just friends. But as soon as you're honest up front, she sees the same thing you do. You're both in the same place. You both see it as we're not dating yet, but the door is open to it because neither of us uh, lied about it. And having that door open is really great. It just provides so, so what much are love. some
0: ways of blurting out our honest feelings about it? You gave us some lines, you said something more may happen every time we're together. I'm gonna want to sleep with you, and I'm gonna probably try it. It's okay if you say no, it's fine, but that's just how I feel, and I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I like that, to keep, that's pretty so, honest.
1: Yeah, I like look, um, I think you're really cool, I think we could be amazing friends, but I can't deny there's some chemistry here, at least on my side. I think you have an amazing energy. I'm sure that every single guy you're friends with wants to date you. And I don't want to be uh, one of those guys. I'm really not interested in being one of those guys that's trapped in a situation that he has no control over. So I am going to tell you right up front, this is how I feel. And maybe we'll be friends for a long time, or maybe we won't. But I refuse to live a life of wondering what if. And that's really something I believe. That's something I believe from my heart. I got that from an episode of "Say by the Bell. You know, sometimes we learn things from the strangest places, but they were talking. At, they're graduating high school, and they go, well, do you have any regrets? And I thought that's such an amazing question because they never ask you that at the beginning. So I kind of have tried to live a life of no regrets. Um, And that's something that I think it's cool to strive for. It's challenging. You know, of course, we don't do perfect all the time. But if you just say, I'd rather regret the things I've done than the things I haven't done. And I think someone famous said that. That's like a Ben Franklin quote or someone really famous. I wish I could remember who. But that's the same idea. It's like, you know what? I'm going to say how I feel because at least then I've done it. And what you'll find is the results are shocking. Because say you take um, 10 people that you say that to that you would have kept it a secret for. If only one of them falls for you, well, now you found your next great love. So just by being honest, you kind of put the odds in your favor. If you never tell someone you have feelings for them, the odds of you ending up in a relationship are zero.
0: And I'm telling you, it, honesty is something that this this honest habit is a habit you develop by working out like a muscle by just being honest in little steps. You don't have to do it all at once. You just start trying to be more honest and expressing more of your feelings immediately when you think of them. And uh it's it's a it's a workout muscle. It actually gets better with practice until you're really, really honest right up front with people whenever you have a thought, you just say it. And then you realize there's nothing in there that's really gonna hurt anything and it's a you got a wonderful reaction from people. <laughs> it's You know, because guys are in their head so much and they're trying to think of the reaction that she's going to have when they say something and they're thinking and they're thinking and that's really uh, paralyzing, isn't it? It's very paralyzing. Yeah. And, uh, And then you're, you know, right? And then you're in this path of like being insincere and you're presenting one face and inside you're thinking something else. And that's really just, it's unattractive and it's crappy. It's a terrible way to live. So you can just... By kind of using some of these lines and just being honest, blurting it out just right away, take the risk. You're going to end up being a lot happier and you're going to become a lot more attractive to women.
1: Yeah, well, it's just it's a lot easier to take a bandaid off after 10 minutes than after three days of not showering and it's like embedded in your skin. And that's what it is. The longer you wait, I mean, basically, if a person is going to reject you in six months, they're going to reject you now. You'll get the same result. And it's better to have it quick before you kind of have to deal with anything because then you can kind of move on and reinvest all the energy that you would have spent on that one failed relationship and invest it in better places. And yeah, honesty is really powerful. I can tell you that, um, you know, I'm not a great guy. I'm not a perfect guy. I make a lot of mistakes. I do a lot of dumb things, but I try to be super honest. um, And that's kind of one of the things I hold to. So that's why um, people, there's people who really don't like me. But nobody ever wonders if I don't like them. They always know. And that's why a compliment for me is super valuable because people know I only say things that I really believe. I only do business with people that I trust. I only, uh, I kind of stick to those things. And I, I think, it, you know, honesty can be positive and negative. Like people that I don't like never have to wonder, which I think is kind of nice. It's so much easier to just go, okay, that guy doesn't like me than to wonder if they don't. And you're kind of dancing on eggshells around them. Because then you go, that guy doesn't like me. I don't even have to bother trying. And it's really freeing for you and the other person. As crazy as that sounds, it's so freeing to never have that ambiguity. And I don't have that ambiguity in any of my friendships.
0: Yeah, I I think that is really good. I I know we all have have our friends on stories. We all have them. And I remember remember you know the the harder i work to be nice and, and be a friend to this girl and i mean she would be telling me about her boyfriend and complaining about her boyfriend to me and i was thinking god i wish i was her boyfriend why can't i be her boyfriend you know why, why can't you know isn't that a common kind of a trap that we get into you know when we're in this friend zone thing we just we're the shoulder they cry out cry on and they have no idea how we really feel about them
1: and we completely ignore what they're saying 99 percent of friend zone guys have this conversation the girl's like I just broke up with my boyfriend. Why can't I date a guy like you? And the guy's like, "Yes, this is my chance." And then, he, and then she goes, "All I date are jerks. I've dated ten jerks in a row." And, the, and then she goes, "Why can't I date a guy like you? Not you, but a guy like you." And what he doesn't hear is, what "Yeah, she's not saying. you, of course, not she you." She just said, "I only." <laughs> not you, well, why not <laughs> Well, here's what she said. She just said, "I only date jerks." Mm-hmm. She just said, she mm-hmm. dated, she just said, "I dated ten jerks in a row." Um, so that's what she's attracted to. She's told you the truth. Like if a girl says, um, I've dated nine guys that cheat in a row, you go, okay, that's what she's attracted to. Yeah. It's a negative, but it's also the truth. Like we kind of try to dance around reality. and that's where we get stuck. We kind of keep hoping to be the exception and it's better to be the rule. And some, you know, and I've experimented with this and kind of pushed it and kind of talked to a lot of women. And, uh, and I met a girl who was like, you're totally wrong. Mm-hmm. This was actually at a hockey game. The only hockey game I've been to as an adult. So it's a vivid memory. My friend was flirting with her friend who was really cute. And this girl was like, you're totally wrong. Nice. Guy. It's much better to be a nice guy. And I said, out of the last 10 guys you slept with, how many were nice guys? And she goes, one. And I said, so you're saying statistically, if I'm mean to you, I'm nine times more likely to, to have intimacy with you than if I'm nice. And that's like really shocking, you know, like for guys to kind of realize. And obviously I'm not advocating being a jerk. I'm just advocating listening to what people actually say.
0: Well, slow down on that one. That's a huge insight. So, so let's, let's, let's go over that again because that might have gone over some people's head. I mean I, I think that's huge. So a, a girl says, "I and you know, the last guy I was with was a jerk. Or she just says, she tells you the story about her last boyfriend or the one before that. or
1: What she's really saying is I only date jerks is kind of what she's saying. If she says, what you want to do is ask about her pattern. If a girl says, I only date right. jerks. In a sad tone. We listen to the tone, right? We go, oh, she's regretting it. But it's still a fact. It still kind of says uh, what their pattern is. Right? And I've, and I've seen a lot. People always have patterns. My friend uh, is a big pattern dater, and it's really interesting. He only dated mm-hmm. my ex-girlfriends for like four years. He would only dated girls that had dated me first. And I was like, wow, that's so weird. Then he only dated girls that all had the same name which is also a sister's name, for a really long time. Then he finally broke that pattern by dating a girl with the name of his other sister. And I was like, I'm not sure what this pattern means, but we definitely date based on patterns. And that's really uh, interesting to pay attention to that. You know, you can figure out uh, what someone's going to do by looking at their past behavior. That's the kind mm-hmm. of thing that, you know, they talk about that in court all the time and other situations when we're looking to vote in elections, mm-hmm. right? What do we look at? Their previous voting record. You can find out everything you need to know about me by looking at all the previous people I've dated. You can figure out probably everything there is to know about my girlfriend by looking at the last 10 people I dated before them. We are we are people so, of habit.
0: Right. So the point is that you're listening to this girl. You're complaining. she she's treating you like a friend and she's telling you about her bad relationship experience and you know, back to that scenario and, and, and you're, you're saying, well, why can't she, you know, why can't she go for me? And she says, Oh, I, why can't I date someone nice like you? You know, not you, but someone like you really nice, you know, what's going on there? Cause this is a common scenario and it's worst.
1: I think what's happening is that we kind of hear what we want to hear sometimes. And that's where it's easy to get caught up because we're caught up in a fantasy. What most people do when they date is they reenact behavior they've seen. 60 or 100 years ago, people reenacted their parents. So people kind of dated in patterns that way that kept replicating. But now, we've, the most of our relationships we've seen have been on television. And they're basically based on sitcoms. That tends to be the scenario. That's why people are replaying the dates they've seen in movies they don't realize oh, they're doing it. And that's what we do. And I can um, see it in myself. You can tell what the last book I read was based on my behavior. If I'm reading a thriller like about a serial killer, I'm so nervous when the house is empty. I'm checking under the cushions and all that stuff. And that's totally reaction to what I'm reading. The things we put into our brains affect us. So people kind of get caught up. And they have these fights or, that they've seen on movies. That's a lot of the fights couples have are replications of things that they've seen in other places. And that's mm-hmm. all that's happening. And that's not a bad thing. It's just once you become aware of it, you go, oh, that's what's happening. And we do that with our dating. We reenact things we've seen. And how many movies have we seen where a guy's in the friend zone and he eventually gets the girl? In the mm-hmm. movie, the guy in the friend zone, the main character, never at the end of the movie ends up like a loser. You never see that. You never see the guy pine mm-hmm. up the girl for six months, go after her, and then the girl ends up dating, taking the celebrity or the rich guy or the muscle guy or whatever anyways. They don't show that even though the odds are way more likely that's going to happen. They always show the unlikeliest thing because it's following a pattern and because it's entertainment, not education. But our brains mm-hmm. sometimes struggle to separate the two things, and that struggle to separate is what causes us to repeat the wrong behaviors.
0: Mm-hmm. So – uh so we're following that. And and so this girl's complaining and crying on the shoulder. So let's talk about escaping the friend zone. Let's talk about once you're in the friend zone and you really like this girl, how do you move without risking everything? Or is it even possible to, to, to move, make your moves with her and reveal your true desire without losing the friendship?
1: Whether you're a man or a woman, the strategy for escaping the friend zone is identical and you have to follow the beats of the pattern perfectly. The re, uh, the strategy, there is one, there are two strategies that work. This is, uh, the one that I really advocate and I'm much more familiar with because it's one I've used. And it's built around the concept of rapport. The main reason it doesn't work for some people is because they can't stick to it. You have to stick to your guns 100% and commit to spending about two to four weeks changing things. And basically it's built around two steps. Breaking rapport and rebuilding attraction. And you have to understand what both of those words really mean. Most people have no idea what rapport is, and most people have no idea what attraction is. Like, if you say, Why is that person attractive? Their answers are usually really superficial. And they kind of, uh, and that's because we don't really talk about the science of attraction very often in our society. So, you know, people think it's looks, hide, or money. And those things are all things outside of our control, really. And they're not as important as things. If someone's attracted enough to be friends with you, and kind of sees enough value being friends with you, you can create real attraction within them just by understanding the kind of pieces of attraction. So rapport is basically the idea of two people being totally in sync. If you've ever watched a movie with someone and they crossed your legs and then you cross your legs in the same way or vice versa, that's what rapport is. That's the idea of you're becoming mirrors of each other. You're kind of super in sync with each other, finishing each other's sentences. You're blinking in the same pattern. Your pulse is the same rate. All those things where you're kind of matching up or syncing up, those are signs of rapport. And so that step one is to understand that. So then you say – Okay, okay. So, so
0: understand what rapport is, you mean? Yes. Is that what you're saying, step yeah. one? Okay. So, yeah.
1: the, so once you understand rapport, then what you want to do is break rapport with this person because right now it's kind of like um, if you have a broken bone and it's healed the wrong way. The only way to fix it, Uh and this happened to my friend, is to re-break the bone at the same spot and then set it correctly. And that's kind of what you want to do. You want to take your friendship and break it so that there's the opportunity and the space between the two bones for something new to grow. And now that Uh doesn't mean being mean to the person. That has nothing to do with this. This is not the idea of being negative. This is the idea of getting back to neutral. Right now, they're getting – remember all the things I talked about them getting for free from you, all the friendship and all the value in that place? We want to remove those things from their life so they know what it feels like to not have them. So they go, oh, this is what it's like if this person is not in my life in a major way. This is what it's like if we're not friends anymore. You don't want them to feel pain. You want them to feel uh, loss, loss of your presence. So then they can kind of remember – how amazing you actually are. What you're doing is rebuilding your value in their eyes because familiarity breeds contempt. And I know that's a strong word and there's softer ways of saying it, but basically we don't appreciate things we're familiar with. When's the last time, and I want you to think about this, you appreciated the fact that you can flush a toilet and everything just goes away. No one ever I has think that about thought. That sometimes. <laughs> most yeah okay, most people never have that thought because they never have that experience. I used to have really bad back pain after a car accident, and I go, you know what? I've never appreciated back not hurting, right? Because we haven't. You no. just have it all. No, time but you back didn't back take it for
0: granted because you lost it. So you didn't take it for granted. You know, you right. remember how it was without back trouble and now you have it and you don't take it for granted after that. I mean, that's, that's, exactly. that's right. So yeah. <laughs> that's the same thing
1: for, um, this scenario, right? So we have a person that we're friends with and they suddenly get to know what it feels like to not have you in their life. And they go, Oh wow. I forgot what this feels like. I really do. I really care about this person. I want to have a deep connection. I don't want to lose this. This is really amazing. And that's step one. Okay. Step two is building attraction. Okay, so basically what you want to do is – the way to break rapport is to just stop being available and to stop spending time with them all the time. How would you act if you had a new relationship with someone else? That's how you want to act. So like say you're best friends with a girl, right, and suddenly you have a great relationship. Well, you're going to take all that time you were spending with that girl, and you're going to not spend it with her anymore because you're with your new girlfriend, right? You're with your new relationship, Mm -hmm. and that's how you want to act. So you want to decrease your availability and break rapport. So like – You also want to do things like whenever they show up and you and all your friends are hanging out, you leave. Don't say anything mean. Don't do anything negative. But they're kind of being like, what's going on? Usually he does the opposite. Usually whenever um, I show up, he wants to stay. Things have changed. And you're just planning thoughts in their brain, not strong thoughts, just simple ones where they go. You want them to think, well, how much do I actually value this person? That's the thought you want them to go through. Because that's really important. Because once they kind of see those things, it gives them a chance to feel it. It's kind of like um, distance makes the heart grow fonder. You're letting that happen, too. And I know you a lot, use a lot of metaphors, but that's kind of how I think. So we're giving them this opportunity, and they start to feel these things. And then you want to build attraction. And couple, one of those things is you want to um, leave on a high. I don't know if you ever watched uh, Seinfeld. There was a great episode where George goes, I'm always going to leave on a high note. So he'll be at a business Mm -hmm. meeting, right? And he'll tell a funny joke. And if everyone laughs, he just walks out of the room in the middle of the meeting because he goes, leave on a high note. And that's what you want to do with this person. You want them to only see you doing amazing things. So you and your friends are all having drinks at a bar. All the people from work are having drinks together. You tell an amazing joke. Everyone starts laughing, and then you just leave. You just go home. Whatever the scenario is, you're kind of creating this – A little bit of mystery as well. So intrigue is very attractive. That's why people say tall, dark stranger is attractive. Strangers in there, right? So that's kind of uh, just. So,
0: So when you're breaking the rapport, you're changing your patterns. You know, you're you're not with her when she's at a party, you're leaving, you're doing these odd things in a way, unusual things. You're kind of like you said, kind of breaking the bone in order to hopefully make it heal even better. Uh, she's wondering what's going on. You know, why is Charlie not? You know, why is he? What's going on with Charlie? You know, exactly. And you're trying why, to get those thoughts why is, started. Okay, and and that's the intrigue. And being a stranger, you're making yourself into a stranger in a sense, into an intriguing person at that point, because it's the opposite of being a friend in right. a way. You're creating okay. the chance so that's, to start I'm just over. Trying to follow what you're
1: saying. No, these are exactly. You're getting it under it. You're basically creating for yourself the opportunity to start over. Because remember, if you start at square one, you can create that thing. So if someone kind of takes you out of the friend zone, that's what we're doing. Think about how she's thinking about this guy now. Or this guy is thinking about this girl. They're so used to being the person he can lean his shoulder on. When they call and say, hey, I went through a bad breakup, they go, oh, I wish I could be there for you, but I, I got a meeting. I can't, you know, I've got something going on. They suddenly go, what? and they kind of take you out of the friend zone and now you're in that amorphous space before they've categorized you. And if you can get into that space, you have a chance. You're in mm-hmm. the game. Okay? And we haven't done That's anything. That's and anything can happen from their space. Right? right? So now at least you got a shot. You're in the game because you've changed the rules. And that's really more than you would have had in any other way. So even if you just get that far, and honestly, it takes two to four weeks. Sometimes, it, depends, I mean, it really depends how much time you spend. It. If it's someone you see every day, maybe it takes two weeks. But if it's someone you see every couple of days, it might take four or six weeks. But really, a lot of times, two weeks is all it takes. And it's so powerful because you're doing the unexpected. And that's what you want to be, is the unexpected. Because the unexpected, guess what? It's attractive.
0: OK, so let's 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 talk about the scenario, because I think people have done this before. Sometimes she'll think, oh, Charlie's got a girlfriend or Charlie's seeing somebody or whatever. Or, or you know, or maybe she's not that intrigued at all. You know, she just says, oh, what's wrong with him? You know, like, what are the possibilities that happen during this, okay. this transitionary period? That can
1: happen if you only break rapport. That's why we're doing the leave on a high note move. That's why we're doing other things. Oh. Super attractive. That's a great question, because, see, that's exactly why we do that. So they can see us doing things, and they're like, well, what? Why is he doing that? And that, you know, so it makes them think more than that. And the other thing is that uh, that leads into a third idea, which is the concept of jealousy plot lines or the concept of actually m- dating someone else. Because what happens is when you start dating someone else, they'll, re- they'll be like, wait, am I, does this woman see something I'm missing? If you start dating someone that they see as better than them, you know, if you start dating someone that's younger, prettier, whatever, whatever categorize, you know, if it's a guy smarter, taller, whatever it is, it'll, they'll start thinking something new too. They'll be like, wait, did I miss something? Is this person seeing something I never saw? And that's something that as I kind of developed my dating skills, a lot of people that kind of had ignored me were suddenly like, well, this guy's interesting. How did I never see this before? You can get recategorized that way, and that's really powerful. So them thinking that maybe you're dating someone – is really good because suddenly they're like, he's dating someone else. This could be forever. Maybe I should be dating him. Why didn't I think of that? Maybe there's something there. So we're planting all those seeds, and those are really good. And yeah, if you, during this time, do meet someone new, maybe that's the great relationship. That's one of the cool things about this tactic. If you're, try- if you're meeting other people and kind of connecting with them, you know, you get the first person interested because they kind of have that fear of loss and they don't want to lose their friendship and so suddenly realize the value of kind of dating you. Or you meet someone else because you're a little bit more free. All the time you're spending breaking rapport with one person, you could spend building rapport with someone new.
0: Yeah, so you're opening up a space in your life one way or the other. It could be with this person or an unexpected person. But if you open up a space, something comes and fills that space that's very interesting and unexpected. So that's what you're doing. Okay, so what's a high note example? Like, could you give me an example or two of what leaving on a high note would be during this this period of two to four weeks?
1: It's a... You want to leave and say there's a couple of really cool ways to do it. Number one, if you could tell a joke that's really funny and everyone starts laughing and you just walk away right as you've told it, that's killer. That's a great way to do it. That's the easiest way to do it. And you can look up jokes online. You don't have to be brilliant. You just have to say something that's kind of funny. That you you know you don't have to be anything original. And finding one funny joke that you can tell your friends is all you really need. That's one way to do it. Another way to leave on a high note is to say. Hey guys, I got to run and do something and then say something really cool and say something that's like really interesting and amazing. I'm going to go, uh, and I'm going to go out and do this. Uh, I've got plans to go play and you, and here's a list of cool things you can say. I'm going to the science museum. I'm going, any museum is cool. Um, once you're over 21, I think those are cool. You know, cause people go, anyone who's, if you're excited about doing it, Hey, I got to go, I'm going to the golf range. I'm going to go hit some balls. You want to say things that the person will want to come with you to, all the things they kind of <laughs> like. And again, you have to have to remove any emotion, both positive and negative. You're saying things in a malicious way to kind of make them jealous. It won't work. You're not trying to create jealousy. Okay. You're just trying to show them how awesome your life is and how great being a part of it is. Hey, I'm going to the golf range. I'm going to the gun range. I'm going to uh, play tennis, all these things, whatever you kind of really like. I'm going to see a movie and you do, and then go do it. Again, and if you're doing other things, you know, or you can say another really powerful way to do it. And this is if there's a little bit more sexual chemistry. Like, oh, I got to go. Someone's coming to my house to cook me dinner. And you don't say if it's a man or woman, but people will always assume. Nobody ever thinks mm-hmm. a guy's coming over to a guy's house he's friends with to cook him dinner. That's one thing guys don't do mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. So these are little things you can do. And just the idea. And by the way, kind of... if you're a guy who does that, it's still okay. Just No, it. if you're a guy who does that, I want to be friends <laughs> with you. Are you kidding me? That sounds great. Come on over. But, um, <laughs> but a woman will think. Just like when you see a man or woman walk into a bar, you always first thought is couple. It's never brother and sister. And I've been doing a right. bar with my sister. You know, I've, I sometimes go out with my mom and I walk around and I wonder, I want, and I think to myself, I wonder how many people think, not mother, son, but May, December. How many people mm-hmm. think my mom is my girlfriend? Because it's becoming more and more okay. acceptable. And, you know, she's 35 years old. I mean, she thinks that's ridiculous. And I go, well, you know. People have thoughts. So mm-hmm.
0: so, so you're just – you're not lying. You're just using some ambiguity. You're, you're just – you're saying something that's a cool thing that could be interpreted a certain way uh, that would maybe make her feel a little bit of feelings for you or jealous or just yeah. like seeing you as a different person now, as a sexual being.
1: Yeah, and ideally what you'll do is actually have plans with someone else of the opposite gender. That's like the best way to do it. The best thing is to say, hey, I'm going out and you're actually doing those things. That's what you really want to do and kind of having more people you're dating is what really does. And for me, the person I was the most solidified in the friend zone with, it was when she saw me dating a lot of other people, goes, wait, what did I miss? Because she knew me when I wasn't, you know, wasn't confident and wasn't good with women and wasn't really, I didn't really understand who I was. But once I kind of changed and was dating lots of women, that reset everything. Of course, by that point, I no longer wanted to go back to my friend zone crush because I changed so much. And that's kind of what can happen with this pattern. As we change and grow, we suddenly think, wait a minute, this isn't what I wanted after all.
0: So the, so now you've been leaving on a high note uh, a couple weeks, two, three, four weeks. What is the next step here? What What's going to happen at this point?
1: At this point, what you're really doing is uh, just kind of building this other side of your life and playing the cut. And you'll notice um, – their behavior start to change around you. And that's what you want to kind of pay attention to. And it's really a fine-tuning thing. So for every kind of friend-zone situation, it's a little bit different. But when you kind of say, you know what, I'm in a new spot. And you wait for them to say something like, wow, you seem really different, or you seem really happy. What's going on with your life? You're so busy anymore. When they say something like that, that's a sign of they're noticing you're not the same person that you used to be. That's them saying mm-hmm. the door is open.
0: Mm-hmm. So they may be a little uncomfortable and that's okay. That's kind of what you're looking for in a sense.
1: It's not so much uncomfortable as just awareness that something's going on. When they kind of go, wait a minute, something's going on here. That's when, you're, that's when you know it's your opportunity to take action. Okay. So what's the action? And then you kind of invite them to do something but act like you're on a date, so you're kind of making, you're basically making your move, being like, you know what, I would, uh, yeah, my life is a lot different, you know, I'd love to hang out with you sometime, but you know what, I'm just really busy right now, I'm kind of moving forward in some certain areas of my life, I'd love to hang out with you, but I'm kind of really not into the whole let's be friends, play that game thing anymore, you know what, I kind of haven't spending time apart from you, and it's made me kind of realize that I'm attracted to you, I kind of see you as more than a friend, and I didn't, you know, I didn't, and here we're being a little bit amorphous, because We're basically saying the time apart is when I realized I was attracted to you, which maybe that's not 100% Mm -hmm. true. But that's basically – we're saying something to spare the awkwardness of saying I've liked you the whole time and been a fake friend. We're basically – we've reset the clock, and now it's your chance to be totally honest, right? So we're doing what we wish we'd done at the beginning. And just say, hey, you know what? I'd love to hang out with you more, but the truth is I've got a lot going on. You know, and if you're seeing other people, great. And we're going to talk more and more about ways to meet other people and fill up your date book uh, throughout this amazing podcast series. But the idea is, hey, I'd love to spend time with you, but my dance card's moving in this direction. If you want to get on it, we got to be honest with each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's going to yeah. kind of create that attraction because they have already thinking you're different. you go, whoa, you've never said anything like that to me before. Basically, a lot of times when you're in the friend zone, the other person thinks you're a coward. As horrible as that is to say, they think that you're the kind of person that will never make a move or that you'll only make a move when you're drunk or like in a really weird – you're waiting for some big, weird, awkward situation to make your move. Like after a big breakup when she's totally devastated, that's when you're going to mm-hmm. strike while the iron's hot. But if you go, you know what? Mm-hmm. I kind of realized – and maybe I felt this way for a while and kind of never admitted it to myself. But I see you as kind of someone that's more than a friend. I don't really mean you stuck in the friends zone with you. And you'll kind of – and they'll either say yes or no. They'll either reject you. Mm -hmm. Or they won't. And if they reject you, here's the important thing. Do not go back to the friend zone. Do not accept that. Just go, that's cool. We'll still be kind of acquaintances, but you got to understand that I'm the kind of person that I dedicate my life and my energy. The most important resource I have is time. There's nothing more valuable in the whole world than time. And I just can't dedicate all of that time to someone who's kind of comfortable with an uneven relationship. Our relationship has always been me giving, 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 and you getting as much as you can for free. And it's kind of been... You know, I don't want to say the word taking advantage, but that's almost where we're at. And the truth, that's really what friend zone is. A friend zone is really one person basically taking all the as much as they can get from the other person for free. They always know. The person that you kind of have feelings for, they're totally aware of it, and they see an opportunity. So just be straight up. And what'll happen is you'll either <laughs> get what you wanted. So uh at this point you have to have the courage go ahead. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It's about courage, having the courage to make the move, and you'll either get what you wanted all along, or you'll kind of get an amicable release. You'll be freed from the friend zone, either way. And what you'll discover is that it's not as painful as you thought it would be, and the kind of steps of breaking rapport are actually very emotionally freeing, so that when you kind of go through this phase, whichever result you get, it's not painful. The pain has been removed from the situation. That's what's so amazing, and that's why it's really great.
0: Yeah, actually, it's it's a huge freeing thing. Although you do lose something, you may feel a little bit of a loss. You do have – basically, you're sacrificing a friendship in a sense. You have to decide. I don't think that we really mentioned that.
1: Yeah, well, you have to decide. Do I want to be happy or do I want to live my life as a slave? To me, when I'm in the friend zone, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm a slave and I'm never going to be happy. And this person has a a power over me or a control over me that I don't like. I don't like someone else having that level of power over me. And, of course, I'm aware that I'm the one who gave them that power. So Uh I want to take back control of my life.
0: Uh So you're, you're, you're saying to somebody, you're saying to her... Uh, I w- sort of, we've been apart for a while and if we can't be like something more, I'm really not interested in continuing the friendship on the former basis.
1: Yeah. And you don't have to say it that hard. Just say, I want to hang out, but I want to kind of hang out under this new paradigm where I'm hanging out with people where there's a possibility of something more than just friendship because that's kind of the world I'm in right now. So, you know, you're just being honest. You don't have to do a hard sell or a hard push just by saying, look, this is my thought. This is where I'm at. I'm kind of changing a little bit, and you've noticed that, and I appreciate that. Love to hang out with you, but part of the new me is I'm not playing games. And you can even say – and if they go, look, I don't really see you that way. I just see you as a friend. You can go, that's fine. That's totally okay, and I respect that, and we're still going to hang out together, maybe not as much as before because, you know what? I'm looking for that next great relationship, and I'm looking for that happiness. And the truth is, as much as that person is keeping you from your next relationship, you're keeping them from there because they depend on you to meet kind of their emotional needs – they're not looking for someone else, you know? So it's a two way street. You're both keeping each other from finding the next great thing. So you're actually helping both of each other, you know, helping each other both out by being honest and freeing each other, and you're both going to find happiness. And then the next thing you can say is, you know what? I still want to hang out with you and still be friends with you. When they say that, you can go, you know what? That's awesome. Just know that the new me, this kind of, you know, the kind of change you're seeing is someone who's more self aware. And we could be friends, but I want you to know that it always, part of me is going to be sexually attracted to you. And I'm not going to deny that because I don't want to be a person who lies to themselves or the people around you. And that honesty is really powerful. Even if it's something the person's not interested in, I used to have a rule that if a woman came and was in my apartment hanging out with me, I would try and sleep with her. And one time I had like five lesbians over that I'd met. Uh, one of my friends was like a big lesbian in London and we were having a blast and I one of the girls when we were hanging out and she was like, you know, I'm gay. And I go, yeah, but my rule is if someone's in my house and it's a woman and, you know, they're over there hanging out with me, I try and hook up with her. And she goes, well, if that's the rule, continue. And because I was so honest, (laughs) yeah, you know, and I mean, there was, there was zero chance of something happening. I mean, this girl was not interested in guys at all, but she respected my honesty. And that's really what I want you to see that even when it's completely ridiculous there's no there's no scenario where I could have said a series of magic words that would have turned this girl straight in the course of one night or you know ever probably, so it's not that it's more of like hey and she goes wow so you're treating me the way you treat everyone else that made her feel good so if you frame it um in around honesty people really respect that it makes them feel better you know when I um when you tell people when so I you don't have things,
0: to give up the friendship altogether. Uh, no, if you don't want to, you could sort of you could you can continue it if you want to after you've tried this
1: if it didn't work
0: the way you wanted it to work.
1: But you're starting the friendship on a new pattern. You're starting the friendship with kind of the understanding that hey, I'm interested in you and I'm not gonna deny that. I'm always gonna be honest with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that sets a new tone. And that does yeah. affect your other relationships. And the truth is, it leaves the door open. So now, you're, even if you're in you know, your friends again, you're not trapped in the friend zone. You're in the friend zone, but the door is open. So the worst result, really, is that you're in the friend zone, but kind of uh, all the cards are on the table and there's no more lies. And it's just everyone knows what everyone's thinking. And that's a cool place to be, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because you never know. Maybe she'll help you find, uh, you know, she'll she'll uh, hook you up with a good friend of hers or something else. Who knows what will happen at that point?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things. People, it could be really good. People w- will do that. That's a great thing to say because a lot of times when a girl is friends with you and you're pushing and you're kind of clear she goes, the only way to kind of go back to that friendship is to find you someone great. And she realizes now she's got to find you someone better than her because before she might have set you up with someone that's not as cute as her which girls love to do. You know, they never want to get you someone better. Like whenever you go on a double date, they always bring someone less cute for your friend. That's an eternal law. Um,
0: Yes. (laughs) Okay.
1: And that's not something, that's one thing that women do that men don't do because I brought a friend on a double date once. Uh, I was going out with a girl who was really cute and I brought a friend who trains, who's the strength coach for the Olympic team for a country. I'm not going to say what country, but imagine the guy who's so good at working out that he trains the Olympic team and she brought a friend who was, like, one-third as cute as her. And I go, uh, this isn't good. He was so upset. He goes, this is so uneven. And I go, that's true. I'm really sorry that that happened to you. I'm glad that my girl's cuter, though. But that's just something that happens. So, but what happens when she wants to get you back into a friendship, suddenly she'll let you meet the really cute friend. Because she's mm-hmm. now infested. And she says, oh, if I help him meet a great girl, someone better than me, then I can save our friendship. I can get what I want mm-hmm. I can now get what I wanted. So now she's willing to pay you by proxy. Right. So she's willing to give you that relationship mm-hmm. you want and deserve. Not directly because she's not attracted to you and she can't lie and pretend that she is, which is okay. Cause that's true. That's honesty. And I respect mm-hmm. that, but she'll help you find someone else who can give you what you need in order to get that friendship from you. And that's really cool.
0: Yeah. So those are the steps. I think this has been great. We talked about why you get into the friend zone uh, how to avoid doing it in the first place, which is the best way, uh, about this ability to be very honest and develop honesty as a muscle. And then we uh, talked about the three-step method of getting out of the friend zone with a uh, woman that you're in it already. And these work just as well for men or women. It really doesn't matter. Same thing, Yeah, this is I would really imagine.
1: A, this is a two-way street, yeah. If you're a woman in the friend zone, it's pretty much the exact same tactics to get out. It's the exact same following. You kind of just understanding why you're there really helps you to get out and realizing that what's happened is that you've created friendship or even relationship value before attraction that's how it works in either direction so if you meet a guy you really like but you're like acting like a friend and kind of doing those great friendship things first yeah that's how i'll see you as a friend so it's just doing things out of order
0: and we also really talked about why this is a common trap. It's because we see it in the movies and television so much. We grew up with this culturally. The idea of being a friend or first is a great way to get the relationship into a romantic direction. But it's the opposite. It's the worst way. It's almost a way of not getting into a romantic direction.
1: Exactly. We, I can tell you, when I got in the big friend zone thing, I did it consciously. Because I said, you know what, for my next relationship, I want to be friends first. I said, I've tried it the other direction. I'm going to go this way. And that was a horrible mistake. And it caused me two years of heartache, that terrible, terrible decision. Yeah. Now,
0: here's the, here's the weird thing about this is that if you do meet this amazing person uh, and you become uh, lovers and, and, and all that, you will become great friends. But it's, it's, it's mistaking cause for effect. You know, it's the, you become great friends. I mean, my wife is my best friend. But it didn't start out like being yeah. friends. We started out being close and sleeping together.
1: <laughs> right. But people think they hear yeah, that that's and they the go, mistake. Right, they hear that and they go, Oh, they must have been friends first. And you know, um yeah. I'm not someone who says that, you know, I don't personally say that my girlfriend's my best friend. I kind of think of them as two different things. You know, mm-hmm. but I also spend way more time with my girlfriend than with any of my friends. So mm-hmm. Well know, it depends.
0: But... I mean I it, it, I mean I I have really wonderful male friends, but I really, you know, that's how I feel about my wife and I think It developed over a period of time that way. And it started out as a a companion or sexual relationship. And that's the whole point is that you start out there and then maybe the friendship evolves. But the strategy of starting as a friend and being nice and she'll notice you and like you. Or same thing for women. It's a bad strategy. It's the opposite of a working strategy. It's a destructive, self-destructive strategy that's really undermining actually. And it's the opposite of what you should be doing.
1: Yeah. Some people call it playing the long game but it's just the wrong game.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dating Test Labs. Want to ask Matt and Jonathan a question? Email Matt at DatingTestLabs.com. That's Matt at DatingTestLabs.com. We'll answer your questions live on the upcoming podcast. See you next Tuesday.